Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. I'm Mark. And you are listening to episode 71 of the only internet debate podcast on the internet. Best of the best. It is Monday, July 15th, 2013. Mark. It's hot. Yeah. It's warm. It's very warm in this room. We had to turn the fan off. No, I mean in general. I mean in we're general. here. It's it's the it's mid July. Yeah, and I uh, I'm I'm sweating. I'm sweating bullets. I'm sweating a lot of different other things. Doctor says uh, I need to lower my Calls. bullet intake. Yeah, and I'll stop sweating bullets. I feel but well. Lord, you love the bullets. I mean, but the bullets do not love. What you. do doctors know? I've been eating. Only bu- what they I've read been, in books. I've been eating bullets since. Three, four years old, my mother would make bullet stew, would uh, put in like, um, you get like potatoes, cabbage, sausage, bullets, throw it in a pot, some salt, a little bit of paprika, some uh, Lowry seasoning salt. You let it sit for, I don't know, an hour or so, and then boom, you got yourself dinner for like a year. Bullet year. Andrew. It's like bullet time in the Matrix, but it's over the year. Andrew, I have some exciting news. Oh, my God. What is it, Mark? September 17th. I think I figured it out, Mark. What do you think I think it it's. I think what it is is you're celebrating, and the, the, you're celebrating... Rightfully so. The, rightfully so. The dropping of my man Drake's new album, which is coming fast and furious. It's hitting shelves September 17th. Am I right? You're very close. Am I right? It's, You're actually very, very close. It's Drake's new album. That was my air horn noise. Is that the name of Drake's new album? Air horn noise? Yeah. Oh, no, that's my new album. <laughs> Andrew Kurgowski's air horn noise. No. But you're very close, and I still can't... Featuring re- Little Shug! I still can't <laughs> reveal <laughs> what it is. But here's what we know. Hmm. One, September 17th. Yeah. Two. The torch has been passed. The torch will be passed. Will be passed. Three. The names have been changed. The names have been changed. Mm-hmm. Number three. Or four, I guess. You're on four now. Now it's on four. Air horn noise. The mighty. DJ Super Soak. Will MC fall. George Costanza. The mighty, the mighty will fall. The mighty Joe Young will fall. Will fall. Uh, Joe Young was an okay movie. So remember when Digital Gorillas were a thing? Get ready. Congo, Mighty Joe Young. Um, George of the Jungle had digital, or were they? That was a guy in a suit. suit. That was that was uh, it's played by uh, John Cleese, if I remember correctly. Remember when John Cleese was in like every movie? That's what uh, that's that's a weird thing because uh, let's see it was George of the Jungle and then he was in the Bond films and then Rat Race and uh, what, there was I feel like there was something uh, oh the Out of Towners remember that Steve Martin's movie in the early two thousands John John Cleese his his career like coming back is a weird thing but you keep him you try to remember before then Eric Idle was big. Do you yeah. remember this? Fish called Wanda. Like we go, soap dish. We go through our Monty, Monty Python, Python. And like now I I don't know. Is it anybody? Is it Terry Gilliam's time again? Um No, I feel like now we are we are on we've moved on to Kids in the Hall. I feel like the kids in the hall are in every movie. Dave Foley just appeared in uh Um Monsters University. And uh a lot of other Kids in the Hall alumni. Uh, that uh, Kevin, what's his name? I think is in a lot of stuff. Kevin Dunn from Ke- uh, Hot Shots. Yeah, and the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. Nailed it right then and there. But Mark, um, <clears throat> more importantly, more importantly, uh, we are on episode seventy-one of Best of the Best. If you're not familiar with Best of the Best, here's how it works. Mark and I are going to be arguing a single topic uh, in a Best of Three series today, but a First of 500 series overall. 
The current score is 35-35. It is a dead heat, so if you're just tuning in, you're not missing you're not missing much because time ball game. But you should go back and listen yeah, to the other. I mean, go back and listen to the other seventy episodes. Yeah, you I, got time. It's like it's only watching the last three minutes of a basketball game. Yeah, it's like well, what's even the point to only watch the last three minutes? It's the it's getting there. It's getting to the end. It's the we're, Mark. We're quickly it's the upsmanship. We're quickly edging up on being able to say someone can listen to our drone for a full week straight. Because we're, we're up to 72 at this point, just about. A lot of our episodes go over. That's the thing. We're at 70 episodes. This is 71. So you got to imagine we're at three plus days continuously. Yeah. So and that's, so, you know. You a, can. Another, another, another year and a half, and we'll have about a full week's worth of <laughs> material. But even though uh, prolonged exposure to best of the best is not doctor not, not recommended. The same doctor also said, please avoid exposure to best of the best in any in any dosage, and uh, which means he I can't I for, I currently have earplugs in. I yeah. can't actually hear the sound of my own drone because uh, the doctor prescribed earplugs as well, Mark. So if you were asking about it, that's what happened. Andrew, yeah, are you ready for the coin flip? Well, what's at stake? Yes. Yeah. Twenty-five dollar. Twenty-five dollar Wendy's, Wendy's gift card. Gift card. If you to the win. Winner. If you win today's episode, and you win the first of five hundred series, twenty-five dollar gift card to Wendy's, which would be delicious. Get some. Uh, get some five-piece nuggets. I was listening to NPR today, as I do, and uh, they were talking about how they have these new wraps. I thought I was the hoity-toity one. They have these new. Well, I was. I was listening because they were talking about McDonald's, Mark. Oh, okay. They were talking about McDonald's, and the interesting thing about McDonald's is uh, that it's the largest restaurant in the world. So if there's a change to the menu, you have to imagine that, like, there is so much that has to go into making a minor change to the menu. Like, it's not like a regular restaurant where you say, oh, we got a good deal on tomatoes this week, so we're going to... We're gonna have some really good, you know, mango salsa, or you know, how are you? How are you put it together? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's how decisions get made. Yeah, yeah, or you know, however you do it. We're gonna have a special on this, or we have a lot of fish left. We got to sell the fish, so we're gonna slash prices on the fish, and we're gonna do some tapatia, whatever. Um, no, you you have to. Uh, the the wraps have cucumbers in them, and they're oh s- they're God. sliced cucumbers. Yeah. So. There are so many elements that take place with finding a distributor that's going to be able to sell them an additional six million six million cucumbers, cucumbers for the rest of the year to go on this wrap. How are they going to be sliced? When are they going to be sliced? Where are they going to be sliced? And then there was like discussion of like how are the sauces going to be put onto the wrap? Yeah, because everything is so assembly line built that like if you you can't just say well you go into the refrigerator and you get a little dollop of uh, um, sauce yeah spread tap- it onto the ramp yeah and then uh wrap it up and give it to them i don't fucking know no there like has to be an installation there has to be a, a, a station a, some yeah everything has to be provided so it's quick easy fast service and that blew my mind i mean it's 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 obvious when you think about it but it's like it's not obvious because you're just like oh you go in a restaurant and then they got a new wrap so they tell them here here's how to make the wrap wrap it up yeah but no there's so many steps involved yeah you hear there were kids in high school who would get fired from their um fast food jobs and one of the ones that i would hear a lot was like i was using two squirts of the sauce on the on the tacos instead of like one and a half squirts Mm -hmm. and they told me and i just didn't fucking care and i just kept doing it and they fired me (laughs) Andrew, if you win today, yeah, the other thing you'll get mm-hmm. is you will get to choose the next thing to go onto your wrap. Oh, at, at all McDonald's, just one time or any t- any time. So no, no, no. You get to go into to McDonald's to McDonald's, not and McDougal's, say, and you say, "Look, here's the deal: the wraps, the cucumber wraps, mm-hmm. delicious." Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do: shredded carrots. Oh, yeah, make it happen. By the way, if you're listening very closely right now, the the blimp is being currently excavated out of a giant block of ice. Uh, 
around us. Uh, we we had a run it's, in. It, well, it's kind of a funny story because mm-hmm. I thought, geez, it sure is hot. Mm-hmm. You know what's cool? Ice. Mm-hmm. So I paid the pilot to drive us into the largest glacier. Yeah. In in north in, in the northern Americas. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, it worked. Uh, global warming has really opened up a lot of fissures and cracks in this thing. Yeah. And so we got pretty darn deep into it. But, but then so. uh, we couldn't. We realized blimps don't go backwards. So we got in, but we we had to. We we don't have the clearance to flip, turn yeah. it around, and then go out. So. So right now, um, we're recording inside the middle of a glacier and uh we are being excavated it is a multi-billion dollar effort workers are 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 digging around the clock to try and get the blimp out because the the cold is really causing some uh um issues with the the actual balloon part of the blimp not the not the base not the the carriage part yeah the the physics involved are pretty interesting because you have this cool air mm-hmm. around the edges mm-hmm. and that causes condensation mm-hmm. which causes water to build up which is wicking away heat yeah but in order to keep the built the ship aloft the air needs to be a certain temperature so mm-hmm. we sink lower into the glacier yeah only getting colder it's yeah, really it's, fascinating it's, it's stuff. like it's like ice cream where yeah. you put the salt in and it refreezes so it refreezes colder so what we're effectively doing is sinking the zeppelin into an iceberg further yeah we would turn it off but uh look i am uh, i i'm gonna wear short sleeve shirts in the zeppelin also the i'm not putting on a jacket mark yeah it's july yeah yeah uh so you get to pick what goes on the wrap next and right. you get a 25 dollars gift card to one of these right sounds fantastic mark our current topic this week war of the world war of the worlds this is Orson Welles. Playhouse 37 presents... Mercury Theater. War of the, the Worlds. Worlds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Andrew, we're talking about a very special coin today. Mm. It is a 1974 half dollar. Half dollar. Is uh, one side scratched and the other side isn't? Well, no, they're both pretty scratched. It's a, it's a Kennedy. Mm-hmm. What's the coin the two face flips? It's not a half dollar, but it's kind of like full a, silver it's a silver dollar. One's got a big gouge in it. One side's got a big gouge in it. I don't. I don't see a. Uh, I don't see a thing. So that means it's from the. It might be from DC? Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna call it in the air. Here we go. Heads. It's tails. It's tails. Which means markets to decide what our uh, if he's going to kick and receive on our first topic here on War of the Worlds episode seventy one best of the best uh, we we alluded to it earlier our first topic is the best adaptation of the H G Wells classic War, War of the Worlds of the Worlds Andrew I'm ready to go he's ready to ready Freddie so I will receive yeah. Andrew, you alluded to it earlier, the Mercury Theater production in, I think it's 1938. All right. Um, very famous. Mm-hmm. There's been a number of movies. There's the Tom Cruise one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the 50s one. There was that uh, that one by uh, that uh, production company that churns out like Transmorphers. Yeah. 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 They, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another one that I Independence Day. Yeah. Is kind of War of the World. Essentially War of the Worlds. It's yeah. a virus that kills them. Here's the best one, Andrew. Andrew, did you know that the uh the whole HG Wells like uh the format, the War of the Worlds format where you do like do, do you know the story of what it was? I guess I might as well explain it. HG <laughs> Wells for the Mercury Theater, he had this show. It wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. He had this radio program, and so some say on purpose, some say it was accidental. He did a very odd adaptation of the H.G. Wells classic, wherein... You mean Orson Welles. Yeah. Had, what, you said H.G. Wells. Orson Welles, sorry. Show. Okay. Yeah, H.G. Wells. H.G. I was like... 1868. Yeah, he was really, he he was, was really progressive, he if you He could ask not me. get those wax cylinders sold... 
Yeah, so he just started saying, let's fuck with people. Fuck them. So H, uh, Orson, Orson Welles. Welles. No relation, by the way. No, they're spelled differently. Yeah. 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 They've met. They met at one point. But, Did they? Yeah. That they had some uh, run-in in El Paso, Texas, according to my research. Like their cars hit each other? Uh, no, like they came across each other at like a restaurant or something like that, and they had a discussion about the Mercury Theater production. Oh, here's here's how it happened. They both ordered the same thing, mm. and then someone was like, "Who wanted the who wanted I got, the cheeseburger?" I, I got a, a patty melt for Wells for Wells, and then, then yes. both hands go up. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um. Anyways. So Orson Welles has this radio show. It's not doing well. Right. In the ratings, however they figured that out. So the format of the show is you tune in. There's a quick announcement. It's 8 p.m. That means the Mercury Theater presents... Fail safe. Our show. Mm-hmm. And then there's just music, just like instrumental music for a long time. And then uh, the... Essentially, the the announcer comes on and says, We take you now to the Meridian Room in the Hotel Park Plaza in downtown New York, where you will be entertained by the music of Raymond Raquello and his orchestra. And it's a solid, like, five and a half minutes of just what you would expect to hear on the radio. Can't they swing? And then it stops suddenly, and they go. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 central time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Pearson of the observatory at Princeton confirms Farrell's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. We now return you to the music of Ramon Raquello playing for you in the Meridian Room of the Park Plaza Hotel situated in downtown New York. So if you just tuned in, you're yeah. like, what oh, the holy fuck? shit. Yeah. They can swing. <laughs> and that thing about <laughs> Mars was odd. For some reason, Barry Manilow is writing the music. <laughs> the bandstand theme over and over again <laughs> yes um then it quickly de- falls apart like they there's more cutting in and this thing happens where yeah. they say we're now going out to goodman's mill to see the aliens and mm-hmm. then the aliens kill everybody and that's the show yeah cause a big panic sure andrew it's like but it's like the uh, it's like the train on um coming directly at the audience on the, on that first film yeah, they can't. We're, we're smarter. So they were they, like, like people were scared over the great train robbery. Not yeah. That that the, well, guy, the, the train, guy. The well, guy uh, pulls the, the gun. Exactly. Yeah. The gun shot directly at the camera. We hear these stories and we're like, well, this is the first time a lot of these people were exposed to this technology. We're we're a lot more sophisticated. People got scared and were like calling newspapers and the National Guard in 1938, saying we're under attack. It's not by aliens. It's by the Germans. Yeah, people. People that were near the uh, city that was named New Jersey somewhere, yeah. like were were getting posse's together to to make sure that uh, we, we weren't going to get overrun. Yeah, people were being hospitalized for what was actually hypochondria, but they thought that they had been gassed. But uh, at the same but time, we're smarter. This whoa. doesn't happen anymore, and that's why my pick is actually from Buffalo, New York, in 1968. WKBW did the exact same thing with the exact same results the did, did canadian they, national guard was just was sent in to pr- did, did protect they the bridges rerun it or they did their own version here's what makes it the best it was like a late night shock jock mm-hmm. it, it was like our morning zoo <laughs> did for the world because i've heard i've heard the recording and i'll send it to you so maybe you could splice it in but it's weird because it's like Hey, hey, everybody, we're getting into the Fartron 5000. Uh-oh, news desk got what's, some... What's, what's Frankie handing me? Uh-oh. Oh, what's this? Uh-oh. Uh, that's odd. Uh, explosions on Mars. Mars. That's... And I've seen some butt explosions in this studio. <laughs> Whoa! The line is something like... Um, thank, thank God it's Fart Friday here on Earth. Exactly. 
the the line is something like. it is one of the most annoying things as this guy <laughs> that's brilliant talks about i would love to to put together a morning zoo <laughs> version of, of war of the world and that's effectively what it is but he is and instead of throwing it over to benny goodman and his band mm-hmm. it's the only home of rock. And then <laughs> time to get the lead out. Yeah, and then seven back-to-back Led Zeppelins. Oh, and uh, yeah, Black Dog starts playing, <laughs> and then it's the same thing where mm-hmm. they'll play. You know, they'll get the lead out for a solid two and a half songs. Yeah, and Money. then well, yes, Pink Floyd starts playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then cut back, and he's like. Things just keep getting worse over in New Jersey, but uh, as long as you can hear me, who cares? (laughs) 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 Whoa, Black Betty. Ramblin'. Whoa, Black Betty. Now the newest from Ram Jam. Exactly. And it still went badly where (laughs) the the National Guard was called in. Like, people just... And frankly, I would have called in because... Nobody interrupts a solid well, that's rock thing. block of we're zap. Get, we're getting the let out, man. Come on. So that's my Play pick. Full in the rain. Buffalo, New York, WKBW mm-hmm. did pretty much the exact same script. On, and it's on Halloween, I'd assume. Is this when this took I place? I think it was still. Or yeah, it was, I think it's it was, either that or April Fool's Day, right? No, I think it was Halloween. Yeah, the original one took place on Halloween. But it's, it's priceless that it happened again. If, but it, this is in 68. So it's like the height of Vietnam. Okay. So I guess there's concerns about that, but like just this disgusting, outrageous DJ pulling the same shit <laughs> makes me laugh to think about. Uh, all right. So um, good pick. That's a good pick, Mark. Uh, I think my best uh, favorite, my favorite adaptation of War of the Worlds, is a TV movie from 1994. Okay. Uh, it aired on CBS. Uh, once and then uh, a couple other times Never again. So, well, I mean, uh, it, it aired other times, but it was. It's called Without Warning, and uh, it's uh, it stars. Um, it, that sounds that sounds like a U two uh, song, doesn't it? <laughs> Without warning. So, um, it you've got this. Uh, you got this movie starring uh, uh, Sander Co. Uh, Vancouver. And Bree Walker, who are actual news reporters, and uh, oh yeah, I remember t- this. At the top of the at the top of this movie, we see there's like a, it's like a movie of the week that's airing. It's it's like a POV, and it's like a dark uh, house, and it's like somebody sneaking up the stairs, and then like a door opening, and we're it, 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 we're seeing, and then like with the CBS logo is featured prominently, and then we get a cut to. Uh, you know, we have breaking news. The TV screen, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And um, <clears throat> so we, they've interrupted this fake movie that's starting at eight o'clock on CBS, and we uh, we're they're getting word of like there's a there's some kind of disturbance that's happening. We don't know what it is. We're tracking some kind of satellite or something is entering our atmosphere. We again, we don't know what it is, but uh, you know, stay with us. That kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's effectively back to the big band. <laughs> back to our movie. They don't go back to the movie, which is which is a shame. I would have loved it if they would have gone like they would have just dropped in and then said something and then gone back to the movie. Now they back st- to our movie in progress. That right. would have been great because because then this like there's this, so much potential. These non sequiturs. So it cuts back and it's like grandma on a mo- motorcycle. Like <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> there. Oh yeah, it jumps through different. It's like Holy Rollers. It like jumps through yeah, different exactly. uh, genres. <laughs> You're like, wait, this is a musical. <clears throat> this is a zany comedy. So, uh, so they have um, this asteroid is being is we're seeing this asteroid and it's coming towards us and we're getting it just we're we're being reported on through these news events and they're cutting to people in the field and 
they specifically went out of their way to cast notable names like Jane Kaczmarek is in this movie and and John uh was Jane Kaczmarek known at that time? Uh, like as an, it, it's like oh I know that per like as an actress, not like oh. from Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. but like oh I I know like, her. Wait, I, I've seen this person. It's like yeah. if it's like uh, if you see people from like commercials. And what is Jane Kaczmarek doing in Without Warning? She is playing like a um, like a reporter mm-hmm. or uh, John uh, John what's his name from uh, John Hodgman? John D- John Delance. Okay, is in this movie as well. All right, Q. But they play reporters. Or... They play reporters, uh, and um, and like scientists and other stuff like that. So we, th- what I'm getting at is these are recognizable faces, and without warning, what happens in it? We see an asteroid. We don't know what it is. It crashes. A lot of other crazy shits going on. That's being filtered into this newsroom. It's being reported on. Like one city's been raptured away. Like they're just gone. We don't know what's happened to them. And then that's the, interesting. The thing ends with us believing. That we've solved the crisis, we've shot down this asteroid, et cetera, et cetera, and now uh, we cut to the NASA uh, room where there should be celebration, and everyone's shocked, and the camera whip pans around, and we see like a bunch of different asteroids being moving towards Earth. Yeah. And it was as if a balloon would burst. The quiet permeated the room, and nobody seems to be giving any indication why. Matt, what is it? Matt, what do you see? Just tell tell us what you're seeing, Matt. The cam. What's the what, what? What's the cameraman's name? I'm told his name is Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, just move the camera to the screen. Show us what you're sh- seeing on the screen. Patrick, do you read the? Open show silos. us what's on the. S- Track trajectories. No, there's too many. There's too many to calculate. Now, my And then we cut back to the newsroom and get those really creepy like. What would be the last words said on broadcast television? Um, kind of things. Uh, he quotes Shakespeare, the the reporter in the in the movie or in this. Q. Not Q. It's not Q, but the, that's what Q would do. Yes, he would, and then he'd teleport away yeah. and then screw with uh, John Luke Picard. Picard to stick with him. Uh, he quotes Shakespeare. Obviously, we'll stay on as long as we can, and we'll keep feeding you. The signal from the Johnson Space Center as long as possible. With all the missiles and all the power. I can only leave you with this thought from Shakespeare. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. It's a, it's a riff off of War of the Worlds, but more specifically a riff off of Orson Welles' production of War of the Worlds. Right, which has come to overshadow it, in, in my opinion. I thought it was great. As a child watching this, I thought, this is fun, this is brilliant, and CBS took so many great pains to point out that this is a fucking movie. Yeah. A, they cast a bunch of people that are recognizable in it. B, they ran a crawl saying, this, this is a movie. Real. And they would... They ran uh, bumpers at the top of each act. There were, first of all, there were commercial breaks, which should clue you in. Yeah. But then the act in like the, they run a bumper at the top of each act that said, "By the way, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Don't be alarmed. We're having some fun here." However, people still, still called in to the affiliates worried that this was happening mm-hmm. that there were still people that were complaining about it that uh um they they were asking other affiliates why aren't you covering this <laughs> and then there were certain markets that just refused to air the movie because they were worried about what was going to happen yeah did anybody call in say with and they were like and they picked up the affiliate picked up and was like we know we know it's it's not real it's not real and they're like yeah you're damn right. I thought this. I thought you would change the time that uh, Star Trek Enterprise or Next Gen was on. <laughs> I got all excited for a Q episode. I'm looking at John Delancey. This is right up his alley. Where is Where's Picard? Where's Picard? Where's Worf? Mm. Get your act together. Slams the phone down. And uh, it, it, which is uh, just insane to me because yeah. when you see I, it, I actually I remember seeing this thing when I was a little kid. And knowing it was fake, but still being really scared. 
it's it's cre it's creepy. Like, like you watch it now and it seems hokey. Like they're I wish I sincerely wish they hadn't gone out of their way to make it as unreal like obvious yeah. as obvious as possible that it was like this is fake. There's a lot of like it's a lot of like digi like w minor things that we notice now through either working in production or just being more avid television watchers like digital effects in terms of like static and stuff like that or um kn knowing yeah. that's like I wish I wish they had just gone and been like we're, all right, we're going to get Scott Pelly from CBS Evening News mm -hmm. and he's just we're just going to have him do it. Like, Brian Williams would do it. Exactly. Like I I I applaud them from going out of their way. You get John Beard, you get Brian <laughs> Williams. They'll do it. Sources say. Sources say. Uh, and I, I wish they had gone. I, they had pushed it further. Uh, I'm trying to even think like what if like two, it would have been hysterical if they would have been able to get it across two networks. Yeah. Like let's say Fox had bought this, so it starts on Fox News. And then moves to Fox Broadcast. Yeah. Like, that would have been fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. But as it was, it's still a good, a solid put together piece of, of and it's creepy. It's like, it's it's interesting to see, like, how a news channel would report effectively the end of the world. Where aliens or some being, something is coming towards us, and now here we are in our last few moments looking at this television uh, watching our downfall yeah. we are we, we it's not just a thing that's going to sneak up on us we we're literally seeing it happen yeah we can't send bruce willis to punch this thing out of the sky so i say um and like arthur c clark was interviewed is is like in this movie as yeah. well that like which is you know again it's a good like they they took their time to put this thing together put it together and get uh some uh some real yeah. Lend some authenticity to what they're putting together. Now you would have gotten Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. like Or like Bill Nye would show up as a talking head or yeah. something like that and been like, it's fine. Whatever's happening, it's it's just what... Yeah. what Nobody panic. <laughs> and then, Bill, are you are you boarding an arc of some kind? Uh, I can't hear you right now. I got I to gotta go. It's, it's, it's really loud right now. Let me pull back. It's it's a giant arc. Is... <laughs> uh, you guys didn't get your tickets? Oh. oh. Final arguments, Mark. Andrew. Yeah. Morning news, Zoo. Morning, I, morning Zoo. That's the thing. You gotta I love can't, it. I can't. It's, br it's, it's brilliant is yeah. what it is. It sounds it's... hysterical to <laughs> me. <laughs> it's ridiculous that somebody would tune it. Because, yeah, like with yours, they put in all these bumps and people still get creeped out and weirded out by yeah. it. But to have my have, I'm I'm trying to listen to Houses of the Holy here, <laughs> and I'm getting agitated because they keep cutting in to say, but also he doesn't drop he he doesn't drop character right. He's doing uh you know Boomer in the news. He, He's doing it, the yeah that it's like this is this is eight o'clock every Saturday night. Boomer does his thing. Mm -hmm. And then he just, for shits and giggles, is like, the otter just handed me <laughs> this, this cra odd report. Crazy news from those nerds over in NASA. Yeah, my pocket protector is broken. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be the one guy that's just laughing at him the whole All time. The, yeah, Robin's there just <laughs> laughing. Oh, <laughs> Boomer. Boomer, you crazy. Uh, but what well, I mean, what's the deal with these NASA punks anyway? Huh? They, Trying to rain on my parade. We pay them millions of dollars, and all they're gonna tell us is, "Oh, there's no water on Mars." I could have told you that. This guy knows what I'm talking about. We're gonna take a station ID break here, uh, and then uh, we got some back-to-back -back Eddie money coming up right Dude, after the break. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, I get that's, that's can't give it up. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's so, so fucking brilliant. I wish I had thought of it. Do War of the Worlds during a morning during zoo a show. Morning zoo. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna move on, Mark. Round two. Round two. Here we go. We're talking about War of the Worlds, Mark, and uh, the next one. Pretty straightforward. Best war. Best war. Best war. Best war. Mark, you went first in that first round, which means I go first in the second round. Mark, the best war took place in the mid nineties. And I know you're thinking, well, Desert Storm. Yeah, that was early 90s. That was early 90s. And then Operation Enduring Freedom, that early 2000s. 2000s. There was no war in the 90s. Ah, but there was. There was a very important war. The Monday Night War. Ah. 
The mid-90s featured two wrestling promotions that I were bet, going... I bet they did. That were going... That were very, very, very passionately fighting one another. You had WCW, owned at the time by Ted Turner. Mm-hmm. And then you had the WWF, as it was known at the time, owned by local businessman and uh, entrepreneur, philanthropist, Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And the two of them had a com- had competing shows at the, at the time. TNT had Monday Night Nitro. Mm-hmm. The WWF had Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And starting about 1993-94... What channel was WWF? USA. So you had USA versus TNT. USA was airing Raw. TNT, or uh, TNN, I'm sorry. TNN was showing... Um, no, you're right. TNT. TNT was showing... Uh, Monday Night Nitro. Yeah, and uh, these these shows were like an hour long. They were pre-taped, et cetera, et cetera. Did they show at the exact same time. They in showed most markets. Uh, they would they would start competing with one another. Raw would show at nine. Yeah, and then Nitro would show at nine as well. But Nitro was two hours. It, originally they were an hour, and then when Nitro started, it was two hours. So it was eight to ten. Raw was only nine to ten. And then Raw went from 9 to 11. Oh and then Nitro went from 8 to 11. You want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. This is an insane. Books have been written about the competition between these two companies. Where they're, you have to remember in the mid-90s, especially when it ramped up around like 96, 97, that professional wrestling was huge business for both of these companies. Yeah. That they could afford to... Um, buy or have restaurants. WWF New York. They had a, WWF had a Times Square restaurant. Yeah. It's... Uh, Nitro had a, uh, a restaurant in Vegas in the Excalibur, the Nitro Grill. It's just odd to think that, like, did neither of them think that there was a big enough market for the two of them? Like, you know, they Pep- were... Pepsi and Coke. Like, you can have both, can't you? Can't you have both leagues? Or did they just say I no? I mean, it's like the NFL, I mean, it's like think of think of football or think of baseball. Like, is there is you there the enough American League? Is the, there's the National American League, League and the National League, but they're both under the umbrella of the major of Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's like the um, what is it? A- ABA. A- yeah, or the uh, AFL, which uh, or the or the XFL. Even yeah. like there's just not enough there. It's like if people want wrestling, and they were like camps were kind of Forming. built around. Oh, I like WCW more. I like the WWF more. And uh, this, and I'm not talking about this in terms of like storylines. Like we're talking backdoor dealings that took place with networks and with networks venues, and with, with like Staples Center with, would only do. Uh, I uh, well, WCW was like kind of centered around uh, the Atlanta area. Mm. So like, uh, there's a lot of history with the um cuz what they what used to what used to happen is you used to have territories yes. where wrestling would take place like the um the the mid-atlantic would take place in like the Tennessee area and then the NWA um um the North Wrestling Alliance I believe that is what it was is, would take place in uh, the Atlanta area and that's kind of where WCW kind of built up from and then it took it national. So Atlanta was like, a, it's a big market. It's a big wrestling market, but it was kind of theirs. Because that's where also where CNN and T and like Turner is mm-hmm. kind of based out of Atlanta. While the WWF is up in Connecticut, so it had the New York area. Yeah. So WCW wouldn't do Madison Square Garden, while the WWF wouldn't do the um, the Superdome and uh, the, the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, big business, a lot of money on the line. And to it's fascinating to read about the decisions that were made in order to get um, viewers and how quickly things turned. Because by like 96, by like 94 or 95, the WWF was really struggling. Mm-hmm. They were kind of hemorrhaging money. The, the tickets, the, the take, you know, the, the, the ticket sales weren't terribly great. They were doing a lot of smaller venues. The television side wasn't doing so hot. They didn't really have a lot of solid characters, et cetera, et cetera. WCW was riding on the back of like Hulk Hogan and a lot of older names, but was kind of making some ill-advised decisions. And they were also spending money hand over fist. They would yeah. buy, they'd buy monster trucks, of course, and and like they would, you know, wrestler sponsored monster trucks. And so you just piss away all this money on these monster trucks. <laughs> 
or you'd make silly you'd make silly decisions like trying to pop a rating where like uh, you have these two characters that are gonna fight each other. So it was like Goldberg versus Hogan. So a lot of fans wanted to see these two people fight. And um, what you would do if you were smart is you would tease it out for a few months and then you put it on a pay per view so you could get more bang for your buck. You're right. <laughs> you would tease it out over a long period. Yes. September seventeenth. Oh my god, is is Culver coming back? <laughs> I can't They're say. They're gonna go and bang on his door and I he's gonna come out and yeah, I it's can't gonna be say, great. But yes. Oh my god, it's finally <laughs> happening again. Uh, but they decided they're like we want it. We want a great nitro rating, mm-hmm. so they went ahead and just had it on free TV. Just did, it. just did it on free TV in the Georgia Dome at like the spur of the moment, and it was a dumb decision, and it didn't make any sense. But they were we're riding high. It's like NBC in the in the early two thousands that they just were cocky and brash, and we did all this. Well, they had the they had the content. They had Frasier. They had Friends. They had that's the thing. Seinfeld but, but was they wrapping didn't, up. They didn't bother to, to they didn't bother to look at the back end. So they can say we have Hogan, we have Goldberg, we have Sting, we have all these great names. But they were paying Hogan a ton of money. There was a lot of shit going on. People they were paying money to wrestlers that would never appear. Yeah, um, just to say just, just to put them in ads or to no say we've got they them? would just sign they just people they'd sign people and then never use them but still continue to pay them it's a cr- it's crazy what was happening anyway the wwf then decided well we need to try something different so they started taking talent they were taking talent that was cut from wcw and trying to repackage them in good ways that's where steve austin comes from yeah steve austin was in wcw he wasn't very well used. They thought he's boring. He's not going to be well used. Blah blah blah. They cut him. WWF brings him in. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the biggest stars in the last twenty years. Um, and uh, then they started to raunch it up a little bit more. It's it's known as the Attitude Era, which you watch yeah. and it's embarrassing because it's like it's 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 embarrassing. But it was bringing in eyeballs and viewers and so it's it's really interesting to see that they were literally on death's door in like 95 and then the the pendulum swings all the way back to um 2001 2001 where um all of the bigger names from wcw have left they are really crunched for money turner is on the outs with his board and so when turner leaves CNN and TNT, uh, that wrestling goes with it because mm-hmm. TNT's like, we don't want to watch. We're not the good old boys. Because like, Turner really liked wrestling, so he'd just pour money into it. Yeah. So um, by 2001, they didn't have... They, didn't, they had the property. They had the rights. WCW as a company had the rights, but they didn't have a play. They didn't have television time. So it's effectively useless. So literally, literally, the WWF purchased wcw for a song like three million dollars or it's like a pittance that they got the rings the the rights to the logos the bat did they get any of the tape library is the biggest thing that they literally that they had all this footage now that they can use for whatever the fuck they want did the wrestlers get out of their contracts with the new purchase or uh yes they could either resign they could either write out their contracts and uh, go, uh, and uh, they could either sit at home and get paid, or they could resign with the WWF and and do you know if they competed, they either had to resign or they would ride the rest of their contract yeah. out, but not be on television. So they they yeah they got a they got this huge stake from this and this big upswing. It's fascinating to read about just from a business standpoint. Either even even if you like don't like professional wrestling, just to see like how many mistakes were made just simple things that as a layman you're just like this doesn't make any sense but it's There's also ego right it's also it's ego but it's also like carny as fuck that yeah. it's just like gross and grody and and carny like yeah but um i say the monday night wars monday night wars andrew yeah good pick interesting pick i'd love to read that book it's called the death of wcw death if you're of interested WCW. in it mm-hmm. pick it up on amazon mm-hmm. or your local library andrew the best war is a Twitterverse war of words. Hmm. Twitterverse war of words. War of words. All right. Here's why. Um, generally, the way these things go is one person takes things way more seriously than their antagonist. Mm-hmm. And we, as 
unaffected bystanders get to just just sit back and read the carnage as these two people just yell at each other about something that effectively doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you can pick anything, almost, really. But there, there's one case that I was specifically amused by where I want to say Gilbert Arenas, a professional football player, stole a stand-up comedian's joke and put it on Twitter as though he had written it. Mm-hmm. And then the stand-up comedian wrote, Hey, that wasn't nice. That's my joke. And then put like a link to his YouTube page so that you can watch more of his comedy. Sure. And that should have been the end of it. Yeah. But the professional football player, I guess, has lived his whole life not being challenged by people in uh, off of the football field. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. immediately started insulting the comedian, saying fuck you, I'll do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> you put it on YouTube, and by doing that, like, it's everybody's joke now. So Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> you you don't get any credit, and quit trying to steal my Twitter followers to advertise yourself. So if I put up a YouTube of Gilbert Reed scoring a touchdown, is that my touchdown? That's everyone's touchdown. That's everyone's touchdown. <laughs> All right. And then, you guys remember when I scored that touchdown? <laughs> remember? No, no. Here's a link to it. Remember when we scored that <laughs> touchdown? We all did it. We did it, everybody. We did it. So then the stand-up comedian just kind of like and just antagonizes this football player. Mm-hmm. And as you're reading these, as you read the, it's I mean, you're practically reading a court transcript. <laughs> you can tell that the football the. We're calling him Gilbert Arenas, but I don't remember if that's who it was. You can tell that he is just mashing away at his computer, just screaming at this guy like, shut up. Nobody cares. You suck. You got you didn't even graduate from Harvard. Mm-hmm. Presumably, Gilbert Arenas went to this guy's Wikipedia page or something. And meanwhile, the comedian's like, too bad about that contract dispute a few months ago. That's a shame. Tell, tell us more about that. <laughs> and then... Gil- Gilbert Arenas is a basketball player. By Gilbert, the way. all right, then it's a basketball player. All right, <laughs> okay, but keep, keep going. It's just funny to yeah the, the, sit the, this, back and this and war of words taking place where this comedian's like two people who have never wronged me, but yet here you are. But here you are, sit riding high on the hog with your just obviously you probably broke three and a half laptops in just nerd rage <laughs> typing this. I'm in my underwear. You also have to imagine, like, one of them is in their underwear. Well, the stand-up comedian, if it's during the daytime, obviously, is... Obviously in his underwear, masturbating. Un- unshaved, uh, just whiskey bottle next to him. Yeah, p- pad of paper that has not had anything written in it for several days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, complaining about arguing it. with this NBA player about this joke that he stole. Yeah, and then... Um... How, how did the beef end? Did it? If if I had to guess, is it big? Is it is it? Are we talking like Tupac level here? Did if, they? Did it go to that? Someone's level? dead. No. If give, given the fact that it's a Twitter fight, uh, I would say it either ended with an ethnic slur mm. or um, somebody comparing somebody else to Hitler. Hmm. Well, if it's on the internet, then yeah, those someone, are pretty much your options. Um, I would love. I I would love, but I wouldn't love to see what comments were being because. Uh, what like other people were yeah, saying? Yeah, see, that's the thing is, it's is, also yeah, you're. It's weird because you get these two. Like obviously, the stand-up comedian's fan has his following, mm-hmm. and the basketball player has his following, and these two are just gonna butt up yeah. against each other. Well, it's like and um, argue that the other person can do no wrong, even though I guess if you think about it, like, I guess it is wrong to like. Put a link to your stuff on someone else's page, but if the other guy already well, no, you, referenced you're not you, re- you're not putting it on their page. All you would do is reply back to it and yeah. say, "Hey, at NBA player, that's my joke. You, See, yeah, you and stole my shark attack joke. Here's YouTube f- proof. Here was me at the Chuckle Hut in 2004. Yeah, um, has to be in a glass house or and, and if you, house. it's yeah. it, it's up to the it's up to the player to respond to it or not, right? Yeah, everybody has the option of just turning off their computer and walking away. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a war of words. Or the better, the better thing would have been to say, "You're right. This guy's really funny. 
You should follow him. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody wins. Then everybody wins. The guy has followers. You look like a good guy, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, the same situation happens with, like, um, Chris Brown followers or Justin Bieber followers where they just, it's cult-like. Yeah, they can do no wrong. What got even worse was when, uh, what's his name from the accused of the, um, the Boston Marathon bombing? Um no joke that because he's he he's like uh you're, he's not the he's not uh, Ted Kaczynski he doesn't look like some grizzled old yeah. awful man he's a younger dude that is he's he's a he's a good looking guy the um, guy that we have that the of the Boston the bro- the, the brother the the living something the, with the D yeah the living brother from the Boston Marathon yeah. bombings earlier this year uh, pictures surface and it's like he's not a bad he doesn't look he's not ugly. And so there are like Twitter followers and and like young girls that are going to bat for this guy because of it, be saying like the, you gotta you gotta look at the evidence, man. You gotta look at it. Yeah. And it's insane. I, I I don't know how it works that you can be so fervent behind a person that you've never met before, uh, but you can read effectively their, know nothing about. Yeah, pretty much. It's like you know, it's weird. Like the Chris Brown stuff's weird. Where he 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 probably beat her. He he definitely beat that woman up. Well, he got he he went to he he got a um he pleaded he pleaded no contest to it. So yeah. in the eyes of the law, yeah, he admitted to it. Um, but yet his followers come out of the woodwork every time to defend him, and it's it's uh his Twitter. It's I'm weird. Told it's really awful because people will be like, "You are a bad person," and his response will be, "Wait until my new album drops." Yeah, and it's like. September seventeenth doesn't doesn't make. <gasps> oh my god! That's right. <laughs> I'm Chris Brown. <laughs> uh, and um, you, you, it's like it, it's like you don't want to draw the wrath of these people because because uh, they're crazy and it's the Justin internet. Justin Bieber the same way that like you talk shit about Justin Bieber and like you get death threats because yeah. of it from crazed fans. It's it's all over for Bill Hader. <laughs> uh, what's the name of that song? patty cake yeah hey jude is a better line <laughs> um final arguments mark i do like the idea of a that a literal war can start up because somebody plagiarized somebody else yeah that i don't know how popular this comedian is it i guess i guess it depends on what tier the comedian is like if it's like jim gaffigan or Pat oswald or no, it's a it's deeper. Uh, it's, Aziz it's like Ansari or somebody like. But if it's like he's a working comedian, yeah, he does the like, tour circuit. Um, he's had probably Dat fan. Had I think he's had one. <laughs> Is he still around? Uh, I don't know, but I was watching uh, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn yeah. on YouTube, and it's there's a hysterical moment where Dat fan won last comic standing, like the second season or yeah. something like that, and he beat out a bunch of people that are known. comedians now now that are known that are like frequently on stern or on um the adam carolla podcast or like known people that are maybe not like jim gaffigan pat oswald but still you're like oh i know that guy like um uh like a greg giraldo or a jeff ross like bill burr yeah Yeah, exactly so um but that fan a lot of people are like well he he relies on this like uh weird asian stereotype that he does because he talks about his like his his Korean mother. Yeah, and uh, there's a really funny clip from uh, Tough Crowd where it's like Patrice O'Neill and um, oh I can't, I think it's uh, Nick DiPaolo I believe is who it is and uh, and it's like Dat Fan and somebody else and they're talking about something and Dat Fan busts out this impression again and <laughs> you can tell that Nick DiPaolo and, and and Patrice O'Neill just like fucking hate this guy yeah and there's just like it, it, whatever success he's he's gained is is hacky and shitty and dumb and so they just tear into him for for a good segment like they just keep Jeez. rolling on him about how are you gonna do your mother impression again is that was that what you're gonna do it's, yeah. it's weird that all the because they're they're ta- they're talking about like they're talking about like Japan or something like that and so he does the mother impression talking about what you know whatever current event they were talking about and they just roll on him just roll and roll and roll it's funny you should look it up seems a little bit like a setup like a sting like they told colin quinn hit him hit him with the 
<laughs> ask him about Japan. Give him with some, give him something where he's gonna have to reach a little bit, but we know he's gonna do it. No, it just it seems like there's like a it, it's a little it's a little catty. Like there's there's this like group of people that's like we're the cool guys and yeah. you aren't, but at the same time, but you're more famous. You watch dad fan stuff and you're like, yeah, and there's no he shouldn't have won. The reason he won, like, because it was like a call in vote. It wasn't like comedians deciding who wins and who doesn't yeah it was like america decided this is this is a funny guy because he does stuff about his mother uh i do um i have a mother (laughs) i can relate i can relate um but i i i really like the idea of the like war of words on twitter where we all just get to sit back we get to sit back and watch these people argue with each other 440 characters at a time and it's um to the fact where like it's it's dumb it's dumb it's dumb twitter's dumb it's all dumb but yet people take it so seriously where the monday night when with the monday night wars there's a lot of money on the line millions of dollars potentially billions of dollars on the line and uh effectively it's the same thing because that just comes down to it's it's both a matter of ego like mm-hmm. in Twitter, two guys, either guy can just walk away, and in um, in the case of yours, the you know Ted Turner or um, what's the other guy's name? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon could have said, "You know, we'll just put our show on Tuesday nights." No, it was like, all ego. It's like we're doing it Mondays. We're doing it live because they started one upping each other uh, consistently. Because yeah. originally it was pre-taped. And there's a really important moment in the in the situa- in that in that timeline where um, Mick Foley, as Mankind, wins the WWF title on, on Monday Night Raw. He beats The Rock. It's it's a it's a big match. It's, it's a it's a clusterfuck. There's a lot of stuff going on. People were amped about it, but it was pre-taped. So on Nitro, which was live, they announced the results of the match. Um. That's what they on, do at, on Raw. That's like what they do at baseball games, don't they? They'll announce under the same umbrella, but this yeah. is a competing company. So instead of saying, instead of saying, so what they said was, "Oh, mankind just won the the WWF title." Well, that'll put some butts in some seats. They were they were making fun of the fact that they put the top title on a guy that they they yeah. they personally cut at one point, and um, the uh, mean. the big the big data point that came from it is. Like they lost. If you look at the quarter hour breakdowns, they lost a ton of viewers, who then switched over to Raw, yeah, to watch Mankind win the title. So they shot themselves in the foot on that. Regardless, I think the Twitter, I think the Twitter war is better because it really outlines how petty these things are. Everything wars in general are, yeah. To be quite honest, because. It's stupid and it's shitty and it's dumb and people take it so seriously. Yeah, it's just like just fucking play it cool, man. Get over yourself. Listen, listen. If there's if I have one, if I there's there's enough shark jokes for everybody. If I have one word to impart to you, Mark, it's just just man, just fucking let's just play it cool, man. Yeah, just play it cool. I did that. I did that. Dig that. Yeah. So I'll give it up. So I took it in two. Yeah, you took it in took two. Took it in two. 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 Uh, Raising that, your record to 36-35. This is very exciting. Very if we, exciting. If we ever get out of this glacier. I doubt it. Probably won't. No. Um, Mark, if we do, though, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go to our website, theflickeringbox.wordpress.com, and subscribe to our... Uh, rss feed or sure you can subscribe you to us on itunes listen to care. past episodes See or you can care. listen to us i don't fucking care i'm not your boss fuck you or you can listen to us on stitcher stitcher stitcher, stitcher. which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone all of those and all of that information available at the flickering box at wordpress.com and on top of that if you'd like to comment on this episode or past episodes you can do that by leaving a comment on the site or by emailing us at b o tbpodcast at gmail.com we'll read it on the air it'll be great we'll talk about you you will say your name we'll say compliments about you we'll talk about your really nice haircut how great you smell it'll be fun can i 
can I can I can I touch can I touch the people that write in, Mark? Maybe if you win next week. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Mark? Uh, September seventeenth. September seventeenth. Get ready. Get ready for Drake's new album. Drake's new album. Air horn noise. Air horn noise. That's a good album name. Ooh, ooh. That's that's. Um, I want to learn an instrument just so that I could release like it's it's. Oh, it would be me. The cover would be me playing a guitar mm-hmm. with like a sunset behind me, mm-hmm. and it's a script. It's like Mark Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Air horn noise. Air horn noise. Yeah, from from Time Life. Nineteen ninety, not available in stores. Not available in stores. All your best favorites, including air horn noise. No, there's not a single air horn noise. Oh my god, you tease the fans. But I play the guitar as though it sounded like an air horn. Oh wow, that, that's it's a real that's experimental. And I'll, I'll I'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll do it next time. We'll do it fucking live next time. Do it live. Now to play us out, Sting. The wrestler. What does that even mean? What do, what do you mean, play us out? Fuck it.